Welcome to the Group of Five Focus podcast, where we take some time each week to highlight a few significant G5 matchups and showcase the power of the Group of Five. I'm your host, Brian Doppel. In this episode, I'll recap the action from Week 11 and preview a few Week 12 games, including a few MAC and Mountain West rivalry games. And some guests will join the show to preview my game of the week, South Alabama at Southern Miss. We'll get into it after the break. All right, let's begin this week by uh, congratulating the teams that became bowl eligible uh, this week. So uh, thanks to at College Football Home for for these tweets uh, every week. Uh, They're super helpful and uh, interesting as we're getting to this part of the uh, of the season where bowl eligibility bowl eligibility. Uh, really becomes a, a focal point. So uh, these uh, G5 teams became bowl eligible this week, um, and those are SMU, Houston, Marshall, and if they were eligible, hashtag free JMU, James Madison would have become bowl eligible this week as well. So congrats to those teams as we get into our weekly uh, recaps and previews here. Uh, let's go ahead and take a look at the American Athletic Conference, where on Thursday night, Memphis uh, hosted Tulsa and got a nice win, 26-10. to 10. Uh, ECU went to Cincinnati on Friday night and almost uh, had a... a very cool comeback win, um, but Cincinnati held them off uh, and won the game 27-25 to there uh, in Nippert Stadium. On Saturday, UCF, number 22 UCF, went to Tulane um, and beat the number, seven two, number 17 Tulane Green Wave uh, 38-31 to there in Yulman Stadium in New Orleans. So uh, UCF just rolling here at uh, this point of the season. They improved to 8-2 and two and 5-1 and one in conference. So UCF seeming to have a uh, scorched earth policy when it comes to their final season here in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Navy put up a good fight against number 20 Notre Dame, but ultimately lost 35-32. Uh, SMU uh, had a solid win, 41-23 over the struggling South Florida Bulls. And Houston got a big win, although they allowed 36 points to the Temple Owls uh, there at home in Houston. Looking forward to next week in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, on Thursday, SMU is going to uh, Tulane to see if they can take a bite out of the green wave. Um, Tulane's favored by three points in that game, but we'll see what SMU quarterback Tanner Mordecai uh, has to say about that. Um, I think that SMU uh, has a good chance to, um, unfortunately, extend Tulane's losing streak there after that tough loss to UCF. But, uh, but I think this will be a very interesting game. Uh, and uh, a close one for sure. We have another American uh, football game on Friday night as USF uh, goes to Tulsa. So these are two teams that are struggling in conference this year, USF at 0-6, Tulsa at 1-5. Tulsa's a big home favorite um, against South Florida, which is just having uh, a ton of struggles here at this point of the season. On Saturday, Navy and UCF are playing. Uh, UCF is a big favorite in that game. They're at home at the bounce house, so I don't see anything particularly wrong with that. Uh, Houston is going to ECU. ECU, the uh, six-point favorite at home there in Greenville against the the Cougars. So uh, that would be an interesting game to watch. That's at 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I think that'll be a great game. Memphis is hosting North Alabama in a game that doesn't even have uh, a line or an over-under. So uh, Memphis better roll there um, against the uh, what are they at North Alabama? The Lions of North Alabama. So uh, should be a, a, 
a good beat down, a nice morale boost to finish out the season here for Memphis. Uh, and Cincinnati's going to Temple. Cincinnati are 17-point road favorites. Uh, so that should be an interesting game, although uh, Temple just put up 36 points on Houston last week. So um, it looks it looks like Temple can score in, in unique ways. So we'll see uh, if the Bearcats can hold them off. Moving on to Conference USA, Western Kentucky on Saturday uh, had a really nice solid uh, home win versus Rice, 45-10. to 10. Uh, Charlotte went to Murfreesboro and lost to Middle Tennessee, 24-14 uh, to 14 on the road. UTSA hosted Louisiana Tech and beat the Bulldogs bad, 51-7, to 7, um, to improve to 8-2 overall and 6-0 and in Conference USA. So uh, Roadrunners are really just rolling there. They appear to be taking the uh, UCF Scorched Earth policy to Conference USA on their last season before, uh, before switching over to the American next year. Speaking of switching over to the American, uh, UAB and North Texas played um, on Saturday, and UAB had a huge win, 41-21. to um, North Texas, a team who I described as sneaky good last week, just had a, a bad week. They scored all 21 points in the second quarter of this game and were completely quiet for the rest of the game, and UAB is just too good for that. So, uh, so they were able to um, be a little more consistent, score throughout the entire game, and UAB is just one game short, one win short of bowl eligibility. Florida Atlantic and Florida International played in the Shula Bowl this week, and all the all the experts were saying Florida Atlantic was going to run away with this one. And the experts were right. The Owls beat the Panthers 52-7 to at FIU this year. So to my understanding, the last scheduled Shula Bowl for, for a while um, turned out to be a pretty ugly one for the Panthers. This coming week uh, in Conference USA on Saturday, UTSA is going to Houston to play Rice uh, in their 13-point road favorites. Although Rice is apparently uh, an interesting team this year that can score and win in unique ways. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little closer. I would probably take, uh, um, I might take Rice to cover there, uh, but uh, it should be an interesting game. The Roadrunners are looking to stay perfect in conference, and we'll see how that goes. That's at 1 o'clock on ESPN Plus on Saturday. Louisiana Tech and Charlotte are playing this uh, this week in Charlotte at Jerry Richardson Stadium. Uh, that's going to be a close game between two Conference USA teams who are just struggling uh, right now. Florida Atlantic is going to Middle Tennessee State. Uh, FAU are six-point road favorites. Um, they're actually pretty comparable teams this year as far as record and statistics go. Uh, FAU is at 5-5 five and five overall, 4-2 and two in conference. Middle Tennessee is 5-5 five and five overall, but 2-4 and four in conference. So uh, Middle Tennessee uh, not quite able to get things done at home or not, not quite able to get things done um, down the stretch in, in conference this year. But um, just coming off a nice win versus Charlotte, so maybe they'll be able to sort of roll that into some success against Florida Atlantic. FIU coming off that tough loss in the Shula Bowl is playing at UTEP this week, um, and they've got their work cut out for them. UTEP's looking uh, decent this year at times, but they're 14-point home favorites, so uh, the Miners definitely have the edge there at home in El Paso. Uh, An exciting game this week, uh, Western Kentucky is playing at Auburn, um, a little SEC matchup for the Toppers. I'll talk a little bit more about that later in this episode. And UAB is going to LSU this week, Um, so that'll be an interesting one too. Uh, 
LSU's number seven in the country right now. Is that a little bit of SEC inflation, perhaps? Um, can UAB upset the apple cart a little bit there in Baton Rouge? We will see. Uh, that game is on Saturday at 9 p.m. Uh, on ESPN2. Moving on to the MAC, of course, we had some midweek MACTION this last week. Uh, it's something that we've come to look forward to for the month of November. Uh, and on Tuesday, Eastern Michigan went to Akron and got a win by a touchdown, 34-28 to there at Infocision Stadium in Akron. Also on Tuesday, Ohio went to Miami and played or and, and won 37 to 21, a big win for the Bobcats, who are just rolling right now. They're seven and three overall, five and one um, in the in conference. So uh, Bobcats not expected by many to uh, be towards the top of the conference this year, but they are really performing well. Uh, the last game on Wednesday was Ball State Toledo, um, and Toledo won at home by seven points. Uh, talk about consistency. Toledo scored seven points in each of the four quarters of this game to take them take themselves over the Cardinals of Ball State, who are at five and five, just one game away from uh, from bowl eligibility. And the rest of the MAC played on Wednesday. Northern Illinois went to Western Michigan and won twenty four to twenty one in Kalamazoo. Buffalo went to Central Michigan and lost thirty one to twenty seven. And Kent State went to Bowling Green and got a big win on the road versus the, the Falcons, 40-6. to um, Bowling Green, who has been doing, has, has had a decent season this year, uh, just didn't have what it took uh, to, to hold off the golden flashes of Kent State. So uh, this is what Maction is all about. There's so much parity in this conference, and uh, the standings, especially in the Eastern Division, are just, just so tight all the way to the end of the season. So we will see, uh, actually, as we look forward, to next week we've got a few uh, interesting matchups as well so uh, this actually it's this week um, probably before this episode will be released on Tuesday evening uh, Bowling Green is going to Toledo Toledo is a huge home favorite a 15 and a half point favorite at the glass bowl uh, in this game um, I I think that that will probably you know hold true uh, it might be a pretty big margin of, of victory like that but it's Maction, and Bowling Green has had flashes of uh, of greatness this season. Um, especially their passing game has been very strong. So we'll see um, we'll see what happens in Toledo on Tuesday night. Uh, also on Tuesday night, Ohio is going to Ball State. Uh, Ohio a slight road favorite in that game uh, in Muncie. So we'll see how that goes. Ball State again one win away from bowl eligibility. Ohio sitting at seven and three, five and one in conference. On Wednesday, Eastern Michigan is going to Kent State, uh, where uh, Kent, where the Golden Flashes are seven and a half point favorites there at Dick Stadium. Miami is going to Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois, uh, one of my heartbreakers this season. I expected them to, to be having a much better season, but they're sitting at three and seven and two and four. Uh, they're slight, slight favorites at home, uh, but you can still get tickets to this game if you're interested. They're as low as $3 right now. Uh, so go grab your, your $3 weeknight Maction tickets uh, and go get, get you to DeKalb, Illinois at Husky Stadium at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. But if you're a Michigander, you're probably more interested in Western Michigan uh, at Central Michigan at Kelly Short Stadium in Mount Pleasant on Wednesday evening. That's at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. Um, The Broncos having a disappointing season as well. Uh, The Chips, a lot of people had high expectations for them, but uh, have just not been able to keep up with things. However, at home, they're 11-point favorites, so we'll see if the Broncos can, uh, can make a splash there. And on Saturday, our lone Maction Saturday game... 
Akron, sitting at 1-9 and and 0-6 and in conference, has to go to Buffalo uh, to play the Bulls at UB Stadium. So uh, that game is at 3.30 p.m., Buffalo sitting at 5-5. Five and five. A win here would make them bowl eligible, which would be a very nice way to end the season for the Bulls, who have had some ups and downs this season. Uh, we'll see if the, the running game will carry them through or if Akron's passing game is going to uh, to be able to get maybe their first in-conference win uh, this season. It would be a tough one to get on the road at Buffalo, but stranger things have happened. We had a bunch of Mountain West uh, football games last week as well. Fresno State on Friday went to UNLV and played at Allegiant Stadium and uh, won, won that game 37-30 to on the road to improve to 6-4 and um, and 5-1 and in conference. On Saturday, New Mexico went to Air Force. Uh, they um, Air Force got the nice win there, 35-3, to a big win over New Mexico, who's still winless in the Mountain West. Wyoming played Colorado State on the road there in uh, Fort Collins. Boise State played Nevada on Saturday as well, got a big win, 41-3, on the road there uh, in Reno. So Nevada, the Wolfpack, still winless in conference play as well. San Diego State hosted San Jose State and got a nice win over the Spartans, 43-27, to uh, putting them up to 6-4 and four in con- or six and four overall, 4-2 four and two in conference. Uh, San Jose State pretty evenly matched there, 6-3 and three overall and 4-2 and two in conference as well. And Utah State went out to Hawaii, uh, and while Hawaii put up 34 points, Utah State was able to eke out the win 41-34 to uh, late on Saturday. Looking forward to Week 12 in Mountain West play. On Friday, we've got San Diego State looking to get another uh, big statement win over the Lobos of New Mexico on Friday evening at 9.45 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. On Saturday, Boise State is playing Wyoming, and I'll talk a little bit more about that game in a moment as well. But Colorado State is going to Air Force. Air Force a big favorite there. Uh, San Jose State going to Utah State uh, and is a slight road favorite there against the Aggies. Fresno State is going to Nevada and plans to get a big win over the winless Wolfpack. And UNLV is traveling out to Hawaii uh, to try to try to uh, inch towards bowl eligibility Technically, they've got two more games left in the season, uh, and they just need two more games to be eligible. So they're 11-point road favorites. We'll see if they can uh, get one one step closer to bowl eligibility against the Rainbow Warriors this weekend. Last week in the Sun Belt on Thursday evening, Georgia Southern went to Louisiana, uh, and the Raging Cajuns got a nice win, 36-17, to um, uh, at senior night um, uh, in front of an unfortunately sparse crowd uh, there in Lafayette. On Saturday, UL Monroe got a nice, perhaps a surprise win on the road at Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State, perhaps if they had a, a, a few more folks in the crowd there in Atlanta, a little home field advantage would have been uh, helpful as uh, the Warhawks only won by three points there uh, at Georgia State. James Madison in the Royal Rivalry over Old Dominion. First time these two teams have played in 10 years, although being in the same state, not far from each other at all. Um, James Madison got a huge win, 37-3 to in Norfolk over Old Dominion. So uh, definitely uh, James Madison continues to make a splash in, in the Sun Belt and in the FBS. Um, Old Dominion trying to figure out where things are going wrong, uh, trying to... Uh, figure out what they can do to salvage the rest of their season as uh, they've got they've got lots of injury issues there we'll see we'll see if they can salvage things here although they're not eligible for uh, or not going to be eligible for a bowl game perhaps they can finish things out uh, for pride 
Arkansas State got a narrow win over UMass of all teams, uh, even at home, uh, a narrow win, thirty-five to thirty-three. Red Wolves uh, may be wondering what what's going on uh, in Arkansas State right now, but uh, a win is a win. So moving on, Troy got a, a, a even narrower win, ten to nine over Army. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that, uh, but Troy's uh, Colt, Carlton Marshall became the NCAA all-time leader in tackles in this game. Uh, just an unbelievable record. Con- congrats to Car- Carlton uh, and the, the Troy Trojans football team who improved to 8-2 and two overall and 5-1 and one in conference. That one loss, of course, just being the, the last-second walk-off Hail Mary loss at Appalachian State earlier this season. Really a strong season put together by Troy this year. Also on Saturday, App State went to Marshall and lost 21-28. to That's all I care to say about that game. Congrats to Marshall on getting bowl eligible. Um, definitely uh, played a dominant football game uh, at home at the Joan. Marshall looking to uh, move up the standings in the Sun Belt East as they play Georgia Southern uh, this week as well, but we'll talk about that in a moment. South Alabama got a nice win, 38-21 over Texas State at home on Saturday, and Coastal defended the teal turf over Southern Miss with a fourth-quarter touchdown to seal the deal over the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. This week in Sunbelt play, Louisiana goes down to number 23, Florida State. Um, Florida State heavily favored in that game, but uh, we'll see if the Cajuns can give them a hard time there on Saturday. Georgia State is going to JMU, uh, where JMU is a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite uh, versus the Panthers. That should be an interesting game. Um, I think it might be a little closer than that, but also JMU is just uh, looking looking pretty dominant there in the Sun Belt East, and Georgia State's coming off a tough loss at home to the Warhawks of ULM. So uh, we'll see how that one goes there. Old Dominion is traveling up to Boone to play App State this weekend uh, on Saturday at 2.30. App is a 15.5-point home favorite, uh, although they've been struggling uh, this season, uh, still looking for bowl eligibility. Unfortunately, now App has put themselves in the position where they need to beat Old Dominion this week and Georgia Southern uh, at Paulson Stadium in the last week of the season to be bowl eligible. So uh, uphill uphill battle for the Mountaineers, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see what they can do. The first step is... This weekend, hosting ODU uh, at Kid Brewer Stadium. Coastal Carolina is supposed to play at Virginia this weekend, um, but unfortunately with the, the tragic occurrences uh, at at UVA this week, I'm not sure that that game will be played. Uh, of course, we're sending lots of love and positivity to the UVA uh, family and community this week as they're dealing with this uh, senseless loss. Um, so uh, not going to take any time to preview this game right now just because I don't even know if it's going to be played Um but again, just um, sending lots of positivity to the, the Cavaliers community um, and uh, wishing them uh, peace and justice uh, as hopefully this uh, horrific thing comes to a conclusion. Also in the Sun Belt this week, moving on there, uh, we'll be talking about Southern, South Alabama at Southern Miss uh, in my Game of the Week portion uh, of this episode. So I'll hold off on talking much more about that. But UL Monroe is going to Troy. Uh, Troy's trying to uh, improve to six and one in conference and nine and two overall. Uh, UL Monroe technically, I believe, can still make a bowl game. They're four and six overall, so they would need to beat Troy um, and then and then win their last game of the season as well to get bowl eligible. But uh, Troy is just looking pretty unstoppable at this point. Arkansas State is going to Texas State uh, to play the Bobcats there uh, in San Marcos. 
I see that uh, kickoff weather is predicted to be 63 degrees and sunny. Um, I being in Boone right now, it is it is uh, freezing cold outside, so I just cannot imagine football in 63 degree weather right now. But uh, but anyway, that should be an interesting one. Both teams three and seven, just playing for pride at this point. Uh, but Texas State is the home favorite there in that game against the Red Wolves, who just barely escaped UMass this last week. And to round out our Sun Belt play this week, we've got Marshall playing at Georgia Southern at 6 p.m. Um, on Saturday. Marshall is the road favorite there, but Paulson Stadium is a very difficult place to play. Marshall might be playing some better football right now. That's debatable. Uh, but Georgia Southern is trying to get bowl eligible. They need one more win to get bowl eligible. So uh, I expect this to be a, a good, close game there at Paulson Stadium. We've got several rivalry games this week, uh, and it starts on Tuesday evening between Bowling Green and Toledo. We've got the Battle of I-75, a contentious game uh, between these two Ohio teams. Uh, these uh, these two teams have been playing since 1919, so uh, 103 years, if my math serves me. Um, and this has been a close series historically. Toledo with 42 wins, Bowling Green with 40, and four ties um, in the uh, quick math, 86 times that these two teams have played. Toledo's the heavy favorite in this game. Toledo is just rolling this season. Um, they're scoring uh, 35 points a game and holding teams to 26. Uh, meanwhile, Bowling Green is allowing 32 and only scoring 22. So I think the Rockets are going are gonna to roll here. Uh, Learned an interesting fact on the Twitters this week, uh, which is that the uh, the rocket statue outside of Toledo Stadium is uh, is pointed directly at the center of Bowling Green's football stadium, which is you know however many miles, uh, dozens or hundreds of miles away. Um, but uh, but yeah, the the rivalry runs deep here in the I seventy five rivalry. So um, this should be a good game to watch. Even if I do think uh, Toledo's probably going to run away with it. Um, We'll see who ends up with the Battle of I-75 trophy. We've also got a good one, uh, as I mentioned earlier, for the Michiganders. We've got Central Michigan versus Western Michigan uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, They're playing for the Victory Cannon, and this is a game that's even older than the I-75 rivalry. It's been played since 1907. Uh, So these these two teams are no strangers to each other. Western Michigan has 51 wins all time and Central Michigan has 40 and there's been two ties. Um, Most of the recent wins have gone to Western Michigan. However, Central won last year. Um, However, looking forward to this year, Central Michigan is the heavy favorite, 70% chance to win according to ESPN analytics. Um, So we'll we'll see who who ends up with the win here. Um, Both of these teams are allowing more points than they're earning per game, (laughs) Um, but the the difference is a little smaller for Central Michigan. It's only a two-point difference. Um, So I, I think this is it has potential uh, potential for an, uh, an ugly game here. Uh, Western Michigan is coming off two straight losses to Bowling Green and NIU. Uh, Central Michigan coming off two straight wins to N- uh, NIU and Buffalo. So Central probably does have the edge here, but uh, it's a rivalry game, so anything can happen. Moving on to some Mountain West rivalries, we've got uh, the 
Air, we've got Air Force and Colorado State playing for the Ram Falcon Trophy. Uh, these two teams have been playing since 1957, so a lot of history here. Air Force has the lead historically of 37 wins to Colorado State's 21, including one tie uh, between these two teams. Uh, this might be the, one of the more lopsided uh, meetings between these two teams as Air Force is expected to win with 95% chance uh, to win this game over over the Rams. The Rams who are only scoring 13 points a game and they're allowing 30 points a game. That's almost the exact opposite of Air Force. So uh, this is this is probably going to be an ugly one uh, in, Air, in, uh, in favor of Air Force, but it's a historic rivalry nonetheless. We've got another good rivalry game between Hawaii and and UNLV. They're playing for the Island Showdown Trophy. Um, this is the ninth Island Showdown, and uh, they've been playing each other since 1969. Um, so UNLV uh, only has 13 wins in the series compared to Hawaii's 18. So uh, that that's uh, worth noting there, although the Rebels do have uh, the latest win uh, with a 27-13 win last year in this game. UNLV has a, has the edge in this game uh, this year as well. It's with a 68.1% chance to win. Um, it does look like they have, uh, uh, statistically, they've got the, the better team here, but uh, Hawaii is the home game here, so I think that gives them a little bit more of an advantage. Uh, we'll see what, what comes to, to be in, the, in this game late on Saturday. And our last rivalry game for the week is between Fresno State and Nevada. Uh, these two teams who've been playing each other since 1923. Uh, Fresno State has 30 wins. Nevada has 22. And there's one tie uh, between these two teams. This is, again, one of the more lopsided, probably going to be one of the more lopsided meetings as Fresno State is 6-4, and 5-1 and one in conference. Nevada's 2-8 and 0-6 and oh and in conference. Yeah, Fresno State is scoring 30 points a game. Uh, Nevada's allowing 30 points a game uh, compared to only gaining 19. And they just don't have, uh, Nevada unfortunately just doesn't have much offense to speak of. Meanwhile, uh, Fresno State is just throwing the ball like crazy behind Jake Hayner. Um, so it's looking, things are looking like Fresno State uh, this this year in this matchup. Moving on to the uh, G5 Hive Mind segment. Uh, really appreciate everyone's submissions this week. We even lucked out with a uh, with a, our first ever voice submission. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, but I'll go ahead and start on Twitter. Um, I'll start with, an, uh, with a question that uh, I'm not going to answer, actually. Um, it's from uh, Chris Coons at Automatic Chris on Twitter. He said, why is that a certain G5 Division Champs fan base can only manage to talk about a certain quote-unquote rival? Um, I clarified with Chris that he was indeed talking uh, about Coastal Carolina uh, and App State fans. Um, I asked for receipts. I was told that they were too ugly to share. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to speak too much on it except to say... Uh, while I'm no coastal fan, uh, you know, it's, it's, they did solidify the Sunbelt East this past weekend. So they will be playing in Sunbelt conference championship. Um, I think app fans are having a bit of a hard time, uh, with, um, a few, a few years of not being in that conference championship game and certainly a disappointing season this year, even though they do still have, um, the eligibility, eligibility, um, to play for a championship, uh, or for a, for a bowl game. So, I think that's all I'll say about that, Chris, but, but I do appreciate, uh, the conversation as always. Um, I did have a couple of questions about Marshall. I'll, st- I'll start with this one from fun in the sun. 
they said that they would like me to talk about the Marshall app game and the repercussions from that. So, um, Marshall app was, uh, was an ugly one. I didn't want to talk much more about it, but, uh, fun in the sun really wanted me to. So here I am. Um, this was a game that Marshall was essentially in control of from the beginning. Uh, they never trailed in this game. Uh, they kept, they held app to, um, only scoring one touchdown in the first half. And it was with a minute left. Um, the defense was just, was just too good for app to get around. Um, Although they had the same number of first downs, um, they had the same number of turnovers, uh, it really came down to, uh, and App even had the advantage of, in p- time of possession, um, it really just came down to what they were able to to do when they had the ball. And Marshall was able to move the ball in ways that App State just could not. Um, so looking at the, the ramifications uh, standings-wise, uh, Marshall's sitting at fourth in the Sun Belt East, App is sitting at sixth out of seven in the Sun Belt East, which is uh, really frustrating for App fans, I know. But um, it's looking like Marshall, um, and Marshall, of course, gained bowl eligibility with this win. So a big win um, at the Joan this weekend for the Herd. Um, they play, uh, and of course, Marshall plays at Georgia Southern this week, um, and then they close out their season um, with an interesting game at Georgia or versus Georgia State. So uh, if they can get a win at if they can get a win at Georgia Southern this week, they're hosting a uh, struggling Georgia State team. It's looking like Marshall could potentially pick up two more conference wins, um, which depending on how things go, could end them up at second place in the conference, um, which would put them in line for a really nice bowl invitation. So things are looking good for Marshall. Uh, App has an uphill battle that I'm not pleased about. But uh, I had another question from Go Herd, Please Don't Die. Uh, much appreciated as always. Um, and I guess I kind of talked about that a little bit, but it's uh, they want me to talk about Marshall and the crawl to bowl eligibility. And it has kind of felt like that for Marshall this year. Um, they started off with wins versus Norfolk State and that big win at Notre Dame. But then they lost uh, three out of the next four, only picking up a win versus Gardner-Webb. Uh, then they got a win versus James Madison, who's obviously doing really well this year, um, but then losing to Coastal, but then nice wins versus Old Dominion and App State. So um, it has been a slog for Marshall. Lots of back and forth. Um, they are sitting at three and three in conference, six and four overall. Um, but what it what it takes is just uh, getting, getting the wins, uh, getting up to six, no matter if it's back and forth every single week. As long as you're getting more wins than losses, then you're on the right path. So uh, congrats to the herd uh, on their... Uh, their progress so far it's been uh, been challenging but great to watch all right the cusa curtain also on twitter at cusa underscore curtain uh wants me to cover uh, a few specific games um, i'm going to roll through them kind of quickly the first one is western kentucky at auburn auburn has a slight edge here but i think like i said earlier that's the uh sec bias there um, i think western kentucky is is phenomenal this year they're scoring 38 points a game only allowing 21 auburn is allowing 28 and only earning 23 so I think if Western Kentucky's defense can just make it challenging for the Tigers, um, I think Western Kentucky's offense is just is going to take care of business like they always do. So uh, look for a quote-unquote upset there uh, with the Hilltoppers uh, there at Auburn. Uh, let's see, we're moving on to Ohio Ball State, which I've talked about a little bit as well. Ohio's rolling with uh, with win after win after win. Um, Ball State is not doing poorly, but they're just not playing at the same level 
uh, level as Ohio right now. I've got the Bobcats to win uh, there, there in Muncie versus Ball State this week. Mentioned earlier that Boise State is playing Wyoming this week. Um, I do have Boise State uh, to win this game. They're they're just scoring so many points than they're so many more points than they're allowing. Their defense is doing really well this year, especially against the run, only allowing 107 rushing yards uh, per game. And while Wyoming relies on the run, I think uh, if Boise can stop it, which I think that they will, then they've got a really good uh, really good chance in this game. They also asked me to talk about Coastal and Virginia, uh, which I already addressed earlier in the episode. I appreciate you wanting me to talk about this one. I think it has potential to be a good game if and when uh, it is played. But uh, again, just going to take some time uh, to let things settle there with that situation before uh, providing any any in-depth preview on that one. And lastly, Marshall versus Georgia Southern, a what is sure to be a close game this week. Um, in fact, ESPN agrees they give Marshall a 51.2% chance to win this game. Coming off of nice, nice wins versus App and ODU, Georgia Southern uh, with losses to South Alabama and and the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. Um, this one has big implications for standings in the Sun Belt East. Uh, Georgia Southern there at fifth in the East, Marshall at fourth. Um, Georgia Southern also playing for bowl eligibility with this game. So we will see uh, if they're able to get it done uh, at home against the herd this weekend. Appreciate the uh, the the question, uh, CSA Curtain, uh, and our interactions on Twitter, as always. Much appreciated. And as promised, we got our first ever voice uh, message submission um, from Jason Williams. So uh, let's hear from Jason now. First, thank you for taking the time to answer these questions that many fans may have. Uh, mine is simply around bowl clarification. I've noticed that record doesn't always play in for the Sunbelt teams as much as I would think to the bowl that you are going to be going to. A lot of the projections have teams with lesser wins and more losses going to bowls with higher payouts, such as the Cure and Boca Raton for Georgia Southern or Marshall compared to a South Alabama uh, projected to go to the Camellia Bowl. I realize the Camellia Bowl is in Alabama, but the $300,000 payout compared to a 800000 to over a million dollar payout, that's a big difference. You would think your higher seeded Sun, uh, Sunbelt Group of Five team would get the bigger payout bowl. Also, if you could discuss Sunbelt's chances to tie into the Independence and Birmingham Bowl, I have seen Louisiana tied into the Independence. Thank you. Goodbye. All right, Jason, thank you so much for that question. Um, there's a lot in there, uh, some of which I'm not, uh, frankly, um, knowledgeable enough to, to share about. But I did find a few resources specifically about payouts and the importance of those payouts and where that money actually goes. So I'll share a couple of links in the show notes here to, um, to just shed, shed some light on that a little bit. I did want to um, discuss the Independence Bowl um, earlier this month, I believe, on November 3rd. Uh, the Sun Belt and the Independence Bowl announced a uh, an agreement. It is a backup agreement for the for the Sun Belt. So um, as we're talking about tie-ins and uh, predictions, um, I don't have that uh, that deep information uh, to share with you. However, um, I can say that uh, I've seen. Uh, the University of Louisiana tied to uh, to this bowl game as well. Um, I usually follow uh, folks like Brett McMurphy on Twitter uh, to to get some of those predictions. There's just so much that goes into those of who's eligible, who would pass, why would they pass, um, who would the bowls want to overlook. Um, so 
I'm not prepared to make any sort of uh, prediction on that, but um, Brett McMurphy in his most recent um, predictions for the Independence Bowl um, has Louisiana versus Tulane uh, there in Shreveport, Louisiana on Friday, December 23rd. So um, that would be an interesting game. I would I would very much like to see that, although I think the Green Wave would probably uh, do some work on the Cajuns uh, in that game. But um, there's that one. And then you also mentioned the Birmingham Bowl. The Birmingham Bowls tie-ins um, are kind of complicated, but it's looking like uh, it's looking like the American Athletic Conference and possibly an independent like BYU um, might be playing this year. That's again, that's a Brett McMurphy prediction. Um, I do believe that the that the Birmingham Bowl has SEC ties and perhaps even Conference USA ties as well. Again, not deeply familiar with how that works, but. Uh, but yeah, it's always interesting to keep an eye on how those things uh, might play out. I personally would really enjoy seeing BYU Memphis uh, in that Birmingham Bowl. So we'll see how that does end up playing out. Uh, but thanks again, Jason. Really appreciate your question and for sending in a voice message, the first one of the season. Uh, uh, really enjoy these G5 Hive Mind sessions. So don't hesitate uh, to to reach out with those. Keep an eye out on Sundays and Mondays for my Hive Mind tweets and posts on Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, to, to connect and ask me your questions or let me know things that you'd like me to take a look at or talk about for the upcoming week. Moving on to my matchup of the week. This week, my matchup of the week is between the South Alabama Jaguars and the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. This matchup is on Saturday, November 19th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, and you can watch it on NFL Network. To help me preview this game, I reached out to the guys at To The Top Talk, as well as Doug Conkle, who covers the South Alabama Jaguar site on 247sports.com. Let's hear from them now. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? This is Jamie Arrington from To The Top Talk here to talk about Southern Miss versus South Alabama this weekend. Shout out to Brian at the Group of Five Focus podcast for inviting us on this week. So first, we'll talk about what I know best, which is Southern Miss football. Um, you know, go, this is the second year of head coach Will Hall's tenure, and he's made a dramatic turnaround from uh, 2021 to 2022. The win total has already increased with two games left to play, and uh, you can kind of see the momentum moving in the right direction. Now, that being said, the Golden Eagles are, are a very inexperienced team and are progressing as the year goes along, but there's been a lot of uncertainty, particularly at the quarterback position, that's made an impact on this season as a whole, so we'll start there. I would fully expect the starting quarterback this weekend to be Trey Lowe. Trey started off last season before he was injured, and um, you know, found himself on down on the depth chart. Now he is uh, the lead dog. After uh, an injury and some benchings, uh, he's he's the lead dog and has has been pretty solid uh, in his two appearances the past two weeks. So hoping for some stability there. Definitely a good game manager. Game manager had no turnovers last week, which has not been the norm for uh, Southern Miss quarterbacks this season. Um, from there, you've got Frank Gore Jr. started running back. Frank Gore Jr., uh, one of the best, you know, all-purpose backs in the in the group of five. Uh, Frank is somebody that you'll see rushing the ball, receiving from the backfield, as well as under well under center. That doesn't really uh, that 
term hasn't existed since like 2005. Um, <laughs> Frank will be sometimes in the shotgun as what we call a super back. You, you may refer to it as a wild back. Southern Miss, we call that a super back. Jason Brownlee, uh, very, very strong receiver. His numbers aren't quite, quite, quite what they could be just with the uncertainty of quarterback this year, but very, very strong wide receiver that commands attention. The line up front, been moving them around a little bit. Um, so there is some some uncertainty also with the O-line. Didn't play very well at all last year. This year they've made progress, but still some gaps, still some holes that need to be filled there. Uh, defense has really been where Southern Miss has shined this year. Um, have had a very, very strong season. Had some very impressive games. Now they've, they've given up some big plays. That's as the, the style they play is want to do. But um, defense has been very, very strong. Um, special teams as well um, have a, had a solid season from a kicker and our punter. So there you have it for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. So you look across the aisle and you've got South Alabama, the Jaguars, coached by a former Golden Eagle uh, football player and assistant coaching well in, in Kane Womack. And they have had a much different year from the Golden Eagles. You, they've, they've, um, they've capitalized some, on some of the experience that they had. They've done a good job of bringing in transfers and are currently sitting at eight and two on the season to five and one in the Sun Belt. Meanwhile, Southern Miss five and five overall and three and three in Conference USA. Uh, Southern Miss on a two-game losing streak, falling uh, two weeks ago to Georgia State and last week to Coastal Carolina, uh, while South Alabama is on a three-game winning streak. So, kind of, kind of two teams heading in different directions right now, all coming to a head. This Saturday, 2.30 p.m. in Hattiesburg. So what's going to happen in this game? I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty low-scoring game. Um, the over-under in this game is 45.5. That's, that feels fair. Um, the Jaguars are favored for a reason right now. Southern Miss has had some inconsistencies, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, South Alabama has fared a little bit better there. South Alabama looks to have a very, very strong uh, rushing defense. Southern Miss does too, uh, although in, in yardage so far this season, South Alabama has has the edge. South Alabama is two and zero versus Southern Miss in football, and um, yeah, sorry, South Alabama is two and zero versus Southern Miss in football all time. And this is something that I think snuck up on a lot of Golden Eagles. So uh, two of the worst years in Southern Miss football history. They got the best of the Golden Eagles, so that's why that's why we play the game this Saturday. On the NFL Network, if you can't make it down to Hattiesburg. Well, I appreciate you guys for having us on. Hope that sheds some light on the game this weekend. And Southern Miss to the top. Talk. This Saturday, South Alabama heads to Hattiesburg, just 90 miles away from their own campus in Mobile hoping to stretch their winning streak in this series to three games in three years. The first two games were out-of-conference games in 2020 and 2021, and South Alabama won both of them quite handily. Uh, probably a, a very surprising start for the South Alabama program and their fans looking back on it, as Southern Mississippi was absolutely an inspiration to the folks in Mobile when they were starting their own program back in 2008. Uh, the history of Southern Mississippi, the culture they have there, is certainly that every mid-major or G5 or however you want to call them program looks to emulate. Uh, South Alabama is going to go in expecting a Southern Miss team that's going to stay dedicated to the run. It's what they've 
really tried to establish as their identity with Will Hall as the coach. And they're dedicated to it, even if perhaps they're not always great at it. And South Alabama, with one of the top rushing defenses in the nation, is going to be able to do a lot to control that game without committing a bunch of players up front to do so. So they'll be able to work their coverages probably like they would prefer to do, although they have been vulnerable to the pass at times this year. And Southern Miss is going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have a chance in this game, in my opinion. Uh, Offensively for South Alabama, Carter Bradley just set the program record for touchdowns in a season with 19. Of course, it's not a big number, and it's not a long history for the program. But he has absolutely had a great year. Fantastic receiving core with Jalen Wayne, who is the cousin of former NFL star receiver Reggie Wayne, uh, Colin Lacey, and Devin Voison, the third receiver, has been a revelation this season. Uh, another deep target for Bradley to work in. Good tight ends, solid run blocking, very physical. Ladanium Webb, the running back, junior college transfer out of Jones County, and before that he was at Florida State, uh, has been a, a dynamo when healthy. He might be banged up for this game, though, so it's uncertain if we'll see him or if we'll see more of the other running backs that have made an impact this year. Uh, that would be Omni Wells, who transferred in from Mississippi State, and Marco Lee, a transfer from Virginia Tech. He's probably been the primary guy for them. With Braylon McReynolds, a freshman, kind of a little bit of a lightning injection when he comes in there. Uh, he's able to move the ball very quickly. So those are your, probably your impact guys to keep an eye out for uh, on offense for South Alabama. On defense, Darrell Luter, the cornerbacks, one of their top prospects up front. Wakavius Thomas, the nose guard, is a, a star player for sure. And when you look at the linebacking core there's plenty of quality depth there as well so the fans from south alabama will certainly make a the trip i was going to say a long trip but it's not a very long trip uh, to hattiesburg for this game they have uh, in the past for other sports where there's been quite a rivalry already between the schools but i expect a pretty strong south alabama contingent i expect a fired up southern mississippi crowd as they need this win to get to bowl eligibility with only five right now and two left to play south alabama meanwhile Deeply into uncharted territory with eight wins already in the season. They never had six before as an FBS team. So they're really hoping to make it 9, 10, maybe even 11. Who knows, maybe even 12 if they get a chance to play in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. So a ton riding on this game. Uh, it's, a, it's almost a neighborhood rivalry. I expect to see a lot of good football. and very excited to uh, watch this on the NFL Network on Saturday at 2.30 Central. Thanks, guys. Great coverage, as always. Really appreciate the insight. Um, I think this is going to be a great uh, Sunbelt West matchup here between the Jaguars and the Golden Eagles, um, especially in Hattiesburg. I know that South Alabama is the favorite here, expected to win uh, with 62.5% uh, by ESPN Analytics, but I think this one uh, could be a real dogfight. I think that Southern Miss, uh, although coming off of some tough losses to Georgia State and at Coastal, um, I think especially last week at Coastal, they showed a lot of potential there. I think Will Hall is a creative coach, um, and I think that uh, their record five and five and three and three, you know, they're pretty even. Um, but they've got they do have some nice wins versus Texas State and uh, Louisiana recently. So um, I think that uh, I think that Southern Miss could make this very very interesting. I do think this one's going to be close, but I'm going to lean uh, South Alabama. I think that uh, quarterback Carter Bradley for the Jaguars is having a sensational year with 19 touchdowns uh, and over 2,500 passing yards. Um, Southern Miss gets really creative 
uh, with the ball. They're, they've been passing a lot more this season. Uh, they run their super back up, you know, with Frank Gore Jr., um, who is a very talented athlete. Um, but I think that South Alabama uh, is just going to have the edge in this game just slightly. Um, I'm going to predict that the Jaguars win 28-23 to there in Hattiesburg this weekend. Thanks for joining me this week on the Group of Five Focus podcast. Reach out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at G5FPod to join the conversation and let me know what you think about my picks and previews. And if you haven't already, please follow, rate, and review on your podcast platform of choice. And be sure to share it with your favorite Group of Five fans. That's all for this week of the Group of Five Focus podcast. Special thanks to Doug Conkle and the guys at To The Top Talk for their help previewing the game of the week. Be sure to check this episode description for their Twitter handles and give them a follow to keep up with all things USM and South Alabama. But until next time, my question for you is, what is one thing you can do to showcase the power of the group of five? Five.